sit down and buckle up. It's time for Track Talk with Bryce Sparling and Matt Ridgeway. Lights out and away we go with another fantastic edition of TM5's Track Talk. I am Bryce Sparling, fresh off of a NASCAR races at our home track at AMS. With me, as always, is my co-driver, Mr. Matt Ridgway. Man, Matt, how are you doing today? Uh, I would have, I'm doing great. I'm just getting over the way that the state of Georgia tw- uh, treated me on my homecoming. Uh, she was... She was a she was cold and she was heartless this weekend. <laughs> it, was, um, it was not a typical. I, I I say that it's not a typical Georgia weekend, but it sort of is in the spring. It's a it it's is a yeah. shoot, you know. Yeah, I'm, this weekend it's it's eighty. We have eighties here and yep. there. It's it's sunny. So yep. Well, luckily know. I'm going to a state that's going to appreciate me for what I bring to offer uh, in the state of Texas, which the uh, the high on Sunday is eighty three degrees. Uh, take that and inject that into my veins um i will come back and see georgia in july june july sometime we'll have enough heat for you down there and and she will she'll remember (laughs) here's 100 Um, degrees baby yeah give me that 90 percent humidity let's let's turn up the oven and bake on pit road uh i'm ready for that hey do y'all i know a weird question do y'all get allocated more tires when it's hotter uh, no, no. So um, NASCAR has a determined number of tires for every race already for every like this weekend at Coda, I get eight sets of tires. That's two for practice that have to be turned back into good year after practice is over one for qualifying that I can keep for my race. So race day, I'll start a set on stickers. I'll have four sets of stickers in the pits, plus my qualifying scuffs and any rain tires that nascar issues throughout the weekend um which there is a possibility we see some rain we're getting ahead we're getting to coda um but uh there yeah so so like i I know going into the weekend how many sets of tires i have it was nine in atlanta it's eight at coda oh well that's what i was thinking if it was nine in atlanta last time like it's it, it was cold like it was close to freezing almost for the entire weekend it was is insane I wonder if y'all will have more in July because I would think the tires would burn out quicker in July in Atlanta than it would in March in Atlanta. Yeah, so I the the wear in Atlanta was basically zero. I know handling was an issue, but the the tire wear was nothing. I could have done that race on probably three or four sets. Wow. Um, now, granted, granted, my car was going 150 miles an hour while everybody else was going close to 190, but. Um, you control what you can control and and uh i was talk about the handling issues i mean that's a perfect segue into the truck series it was yeah honestly all series man i I didn't so the tire wear was low but the handling like nobody had a handle on their cars it was i i said i said this on twitter i said it on on the morning five podcast on monday i texted it to you i said it before we started recording arguably the worst weekend for motorsports I've seen in a long time like NASCAR and F1 were just they were boring man um at least the cup series on Sundays had had a had some nice green flag runs but the truck series I I don't know Christian Eckes won it uh led 35 laps 
Um, John Hunter Nemechek, I thought was going to win this race. He looked like the strongest truck, had 53 laps led. Um, it, and it was, in, in all three series, trucks included, I was really hoping that a second groove would open up at some point during the race. And here and there, the bottom one line would work for like a couple cars for a couple laps or like maybe a handful of laps. But there was, it was never a sustained run where the bottom was better than the top. Sometimes the bottom would be better in one and two than it was in three and four and vice versa. But it was never, it was never long periods of time. And we saw that in the truck race. It was, it was the top lane. Whoever had the top lane, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, uh, what was going to get the win. And it was just, they didn't look like they had control over the trucks. They were very squirrely, which I think was sort of the MO for the entire weekend was, you know, that kind of went along with Xfinity and cup series that there just wasn't a lot of control uh, on these trucks. And man, the new configuration for Atlanta, it just, it sucks so bad. It's so depressing. Yeah, it does. And, and, I, I we were very critical of Atlanta last year. I think we've been critical since the idea, uh, the inception that they announced that they were going to reconfigure this, re put more banking in, make it narrower, more like Charlotte Motor Speedway, and then turn it into a super speedway race. Um, I think I will give Atlanta some credit that that all hail the Georgia sun because the asphalt in one year has been worn out pretty significantly. Like it, it, the wear, it is wearing faster than expected. That's and good. we, and we all need to cross our fingers and do a, the happy dance that that continues to wear out because they can, they eventually won't be able to run the super speedway restrictor plate package. I know it's a plate for those who want to get, uh, not a plate anymore for those that want to get critical, but it's the same difference. Um, they'll, they will eventually be forced to return to a, traditional mile and a half package um hopefully by then we have higher horsepower cars there's hope for the future uh with the state that atlanta wore in just one year with that said no um the racing all weekend was completely terrible as you'd expect two races were a crash fest one was a parade um i don't know what you expect neither are particularly entertaining unless um you're the guy sitting behind me in the stands on Saturday during the truck race who was barely able. To, I'm not sure how he was functioning as a person. Um, he he was beyond obliterated. Hilarious. So I mean, he had the everybody. Truck, the truck race didn't even start. The, what the truck race start like one one thirty? Yeah, one one ish something. Oh yeah, no, he was. I mean, I'd be surprised if this guy made it to qualifying even remotely sober. <laughs> um, I, I thought he was going to blow a motor at any point, and uh, he never did, at least not while I was there. But, um, yeah, so I watched the truck race in person. I saw what you saw. I saw the high line just absolutely dominate. I saw one or two runs all day long on the low line, and they were in desperation time. Um, I will say I'll give a, a special shout-out and condolences. Press F in the chat. Pay respects. Um, <laughs> the Mason Massey, he had, I don't, between my car and his car, I don't know who had a worse return to Georgia. Um, I don't know what exactly happened on that, but I could, it was off pace by the time I, I missed the green flag getting into the stands, um, just cause I had to go through the underground tunnel and up the, uh, the back way and for I qualifying. 
So I went to watch the truck race in the stands with a friend. You weren't able to make it, but somebody else, uh, childhood friend that I grew up with, texted me and was like, hey, you working all day? And I was like, huh, funny you should ask. I'm off right now in the most perfectly timed text all day. I'm getting ready to leave because Bryce isn't coming. And he texted me and was like, hey, I'm here for both races. And I was like, I'm coming to you, bud. So that's what I did. Mason Massey had a terrible day. Um, the truck was off pace right from the point that I started. I barely got to point out uh, to my buddy Spencer that that guy's from Georgia um, before he was like last. And I'm like, I, something's wrong because that's not a last place truck. No. Um, no, he's like he's like the slow rhino in Jumanji that came along yeah, at yes. you know, the end of the stampede. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and the, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time is that was foreshadowing for how my weekend was going to go as well. Um, and and so I, they popped the hood on pit road, and I, I told them like that something's wrong with that truck. You could see it. I I don't know what it was. I never did follow up to find out. But uh, Mason Massey in his hometown debut not debut return i should say yeah um uh had an absolutely atrocious day as well um so and it sucks because i think he had a top 10 last year in the xfinity series like he, yeah. i think there were like three dudes from georgia inside the top 10 last year in the xfinity yeah. series and With yeah brandon jones and uh austin hill and mason massey all were in the top 10 of the xfinity race last year yeah i didn't know i didn't know until last week that the sieg boys were from uh from were from georgia as well yeah, from Tucker. Their shop, they so their shop is in Tucker. Really? And yes, their shop oh. is in Tucker, Georgia, and they are one of the, maybe the only NASCAR team not in North Carolina uh, that is like cool. fully operating. Um, That's pretty neat. Because of their alliance with Ford, they have some uh, partnerships with Stuart Haas going on. So you'll see their cars in and out of our shop every once in a while. Okay. Uh, I think we hang bodies or some repair body panels something like that so uh, uh speaking of this i saw something on on tiktok about stuart haas racing um and i don't know if you saw it and if you saw it i want to ask you if you're kicking yourself did you see the tiktok that they made for jensen button that had his seat fitted uh yes i did with chad and zero those are the two guys standing in the background why what are, happened are you kicking yourself that you're still not in that same position so you could meet jensen button Oh, I've already met Jensen, but oh, you suck. Yeah, no, he. I, I'm, I think he's on the plane with us today out to Coda. Um, what? Yeah, I. So he's he's been in the building a lot. Like he's taking this seriously. It's not a it's not an arrive and drive for Jensen Button. I don't know if he plans to keep doing this, but uh, he's not taking his opportunity lightly. Um, yeah, he's I been in the building. Right that dude annoy the hell out of him the entire way to code <laughs> just to ask him quite because that's like that's that's a mind that you don't get to pick very often, you know. Somebody yeah. that's, that's done F one, that's been successful in F one. He's an F one world champion. Yeah, like how many times did you get to meet an F one world champion? Like I'll never meet an F one world champion. Like that's <laughs> uh, like that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, I, who I hope I'm running into this weekend is Kimi Raikkonen and Jordan Taylor. I'm insanely, I'm ecstatic about the lineup for Coda. We'll get to that. I, we're, we're not done with Atlanta yet. <laughs> Unfortunately uh, not. So, yeah, yeah Christian Eckes wins the, the, the Craftsman Truck Series race, uh, moving on to the Xfinity Series race. Sort of the same MO. I mean, uh, honestly, every single race, it, it, the Xfinity Series, they look loose it was nice to see austin hill win it georgia boy led 103 of 163 laps he had the strongest car the entire race 
Um, top line was working. Bottom line really wasn't working most of the day. Desperation runs, they would try it. Uh, loose off the, st- the second stage for the Xfinity race might have been... The, if you like Rex and you just watch racing just for the Rex, I'm assuming you enjoyed the second stage. I don't do that. I, you know, one or two Rex or uh, a race is fine with me. Um, I like to see racing. I like to get. I like to see long green flag racing. And the second stage for the Xfinity series was. It was like pulling teeth with no Novocaine. It was awful. It was spin here, blown tire here, spin here, blown tire here, spin here, blown tire here. Um, it, it was just. I, I don't know. It was miserable. Hopefully the uh, the sun wears out the asphalt in Atlanta. Widen the damn track. Like, why why make it more narrow? Make more room for racing. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. Austin Austin Hill wins it. Georgia boy, nice to see. Uh, other than that, the Xfinity race was. I've I, I mean, you know, other than uh, other than Josh Williams parking his car right on right on start finish line in the middle of the race. Um, that was and people. I was looking at the Reddit thread. And people were pissed off that NASCAR was punishing him for that. And I'm like, yeah, I, he knew what he was doing. Like, yes, a thousand percent. I, I, I think Rodney Childers, his tweet said it best. It's like, I agree with both sides. I agree with him being upset with that call. And I agree with them suspending him for how he handled it. And yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. I, I mean, it's kind of been worn out. If you haven't listened, uh, Josh Williams was on the Door Bumper Clear podcast on Monday uh if you're listening to this podcast i assume you listen to that one and all the good ones out there um if you you, yeah if you've made it this far down the list i'm assuming (laughs) you're pretty well aware of the situation if you haven't josh williams was on the dbc podcast go listen to that they do a great job of breaking it down there's not much else for us to hit on it um when the man himself is there to talk about it so Good memes uh, came out of it. I mean, it was it was funny. It was yeah, it was a, no, it, it, was, was a it was a great situation. Those guys <laughs> kill it every week. That is the that is the best racing podcast in the world, in my opinion. Oh man, I just found one on TikTok and I, I saved it somewhere, but I don't remember where I saved it. I'll have to I'll have to see if I can find it again. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I just I found it today and I listened to like 15 minutes of it. It was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, the Josh Williams thing, like you said, I agree with both parties. Like it's kind of funny. Um, it was goofy. Uh, he should be punished for it, though. You, you can't do stuff like that. Like, it's, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it, it overall a pretty boring race at the, the Xfinity Series. I, did you get to watch much of it from the from the stands, or are we still uh, there leaving? No. So I, I left the track. Um, Good call. My my parents went down to Georgia. Uh, my brother still lives down there, um, and so my parents went down for the weekend from North Carolina to spend time with him for his birthday. And they picked me up from the track after the uh, truck race to go have a family dinner together, which we don't get to do very often. So uh, we were at a restaurant. Um, did y'all stay, did we, y'all stay around the Hampton area or did y'all try to travel? Yeah, so we were at Miller's Ale House in McDonough. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's where that, my hotel was in McDonough. So between Hampton and McDonough, um, about 18 minutes difference. That was my commute all weekend um oh remind me to side let's we'll get into a side story uh real quick a cool experience from this okay. weekend it's, uh, it's this, a thousand percent better than the xfinity race i can guarantee you that it, it was yeah it was better uh so i we were sitting at a dinner table at miller's ale house in mcdonough and there's tvs everywhere it's it's a sports bar vibe um so i was why i had an eye on the xfinity race i could see it at all times um 
but I couldn't hear it and I wasn't that invested in it. I could just kind of, I was aware of it. I saw the Josh Williams deal. I realized I was smart enough in the moment to realize that uh, what was happening, I didn't know the context, but I realized that him parking his car on the, um, the camera solely on him, nothing else going on in the track, a driver parking his car on the start finish line and getting out and walking to the infield. First, there was confusion. And then there was like, because I, I didn't, under, you know, I didn't know that the radio, the TV broadcast had said, you know, NASCAR has told Josh to park this car and, and this is what's happening. So I was like, did he break? At first, I'm thinking like he broke down there and uh, like what a place to break down right in front of the. And then I kind of realized like the amount of NASCAR he hopped up on pit wall and it looked like he was yelling at his pit crew. And I was like, well, he, what? They must have screwed up and he's mad at them. Like, uh, and then the confusion I, going on. <laughs> and then I noticed the amount of NASCAR officials in that pit box. And I'm like, okay, this is a man walking the green mile. <laughs> <laughs> Something has happened. I don't know what, but that is, uh, and then. He was going to do the TV interview, and the NASCAR official walked up and talked to him in his ear, and then like he was whisked away by NASCAR, never to be seen or heard from again. You had no uh, interview, pal. You yeah, no. He, they um. So I actually got to talk to that the the white-haired official. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he I got to talk to him. Uh, he was assigned to our car, our garage stall on Sunday morning. So I got no to way. ask him. Yeah, I got to kind of joke with him. We were all giving him hell about it, like, you know. Uh, That's got to be a crappy situation for them, too, because they're like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not their decision to go do it's this. It's not like, like he's told. enjoying Yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. he's doing his job. NASCAR is telling him to get that guy to the Xfinity hauler right now uh, <laughs> so, so he can be summarily executed. And, and he was in that hauler for forever, dude. Yeah, they told him he wasn't allowed to leave till after the race was over. So <laughs> they weren't they weren't giving this guy any drop on the green flag because they they can't do media and stuff right. Like they can't defend themselves. So if he's out there on Twitter with his phone and like he they weren't they weren't going to let that situation no. continue to unravel from a PR <laughs> publicity standpoint. Um, anyways. So yeah, I got I, I saw that at the restaurant. I I, I was able to deduce uh, what was kind of happening that this was a serious situation that that this was out of the ordinary. Something was happening, uh, <laughs> but that's about that's about the most attention I paid to the Xfinity race. That was all that it needed, honestly. I mean, that was uh, you know Austin Hill wins it. Daniel Henry had a car. He finished second. I, it was. <laughs> I heard no. the junior motorsports cars crashed each other again, or really, like, I, I, those, the JRM yeah, cars, yeah, that's becoming a story, yeah. uh, how often they make contact. It seems like about every other race at this point. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, her, her, just that I'm getting. Herbson has finished fifth, uh, Brett Moffitt, uh, Josh Berry, John Hunter Nemechek, Sam Mayer, and Justin Haley round out the top ten. It was, don't um, look now, but Riley Herbst is the best car in all of the Stuart Haas organization at the moment. <laughs> he's got a good car. He's got a very good car. Dude, yeah. dude, like, as far as putting it all together, that team is the only one that's had even a shred of luck so far this year. I don't yeah. know what Cole's deal is. I, I don't I'm, – I'm beginning to worry. I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to worry for Cole's confidence. Like – I assumed he was going to show back up in the Xfinity series and just stack bodies. And I, 
he's won a poll, but other than that, he hasn't even really sniffed contention. So I'm I'm beginning to be maybe like it is a new crew chief. It's not like everything went back to the way it was when he was at the Xfinity series before. The crew chief on that is a first time crew chief, and I assume it's going to take them a while to figure it out together. But I, I expected more thus far uh, than I've seen out of that car. He was one of my early picks to win the Xfinity series championship. Like, yes, I, I, I like, thought Cole Custer was going to come in and, and, you know, be, be a four to five race winner. And he still might be like, I mean, there's still a ton of the, ton of the series yes, left, but there's yeah. time to figure it out. But yeah. I, I expected more out of the gate. Yep. Um, for sure. Then I've seen that one. Uh, moving on to the cup series. That's sort of the same thing. Like, uh, it, I don't know. It was a, jeez, uh, it was boring. Uh, Joey Logano wins it, leading 140 of the 260 laps. Keselowski the, end, second. the end wasn't boring, was it? Like the, I was, the, I was running tires. We were, we were done. So I, I we started packing up early. But the final 20 laps was good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's, the, that's what of the race I did not see. So that that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, that was good. So like 240 of 260 laps, you could have slept through. Uh, and then the final 20 laps were, they were decent. You know, they were, it seemed like the final 20 laps that the bottom line started to work a little bit better than yeah. it had all, all weekend. Um, I, I don't know if I it think was they the could always. I think they always could make it work. I don't think that just evolved from nothing, but I think it, it just wasn't preferable. It, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. And unless, until there was a necessity to, nobody was willing to, um, I think we could have had side-by-side action all day, uh, but it's just the work you got to do on the bottom lane, it, it, you just got to be perfect. And the top lane, you can basically cruise with an advantage over the bottom lane that's got to be really hooked up and rolling to, to keep up. But I think it was possible, but not necessary until the end. Wasn't the wasn't the choice the you know that everybody wanted. Um, yeah, Logano, I mean, Logano only beat Keselowski by like I don't know one thousandth of a second or something, and then Christopher Bell was like a thousandth of a second behind Keselowski. So yeah, the final twenty laps were really good. I just wish we could have had you know more than twenty laps of that for a, for a two hundred and sixty lap race, five hundred mile race. You know, four hundred um, mile, four hundred mile race felt like five hundred. Um, yeah, boy <laughs> did it ever. Uh, yeah, and uh, what what I mean, Priest twenty eighth. What just didn't didn't have the speed uh anything mechanically wrong or anything there for y'all this yeah. weekend yeah we lost the cylinder about 40 laps into the race uh oh, he said geez. he came on the radio and said motor's blowing up something's wrong i got no power um so we we tried to stick it out hoping for a caution um we could see the rpm drop we could see the speed drop we knew immediately that there was a mechanical issue with the car um we were fine we were fast until then like we had a little bit more downforce in the car. So like three of the Stuart Haas cars qualified inside the top 10. We put a little bit more downforce in it thinking handling was going to be more of a factor than last year. That was the right call, I think. It was. Uh, yeah, yeah, all weekend handling uh, was an yep, issue. Yep. So we qualified. We knew we were going to be a little bit off pace in single car run and qualifying. We qualified like 25th or something. That wasn't a concern to us. We knew the car was fast enough uh, to win. And uh, we just needed a little bit of luck. Uh, some strategy. You could do a two-tire stop there. I think that was our plan. We were going to steal some track position right out of the gate uh, and run up front all day with the speed and downforce we had in the car. It was a perfect plan right up until it wasn't. 
Um, <laughs> we uh, after we went because you stick it out for a little while because if you can get a quick caution, uh, you get the lucky dog. You bring it in. You can then you can afford to pop the hood and not lose a lap. Maybe the plug wires off of it. You replug it. I mean, you 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 hope for the best in that situation. There's still hope. Right. Um, after we lost the third lap, we're not getting three laps back at Atlanta. Go ahead and bring it to us. We brought it down pit road, popped the hood. Uh, number two cylinder was cold. Uh, they didn't know why. We changed the plug wire. That didn't fix it. They listened to the cylinder. There was nothing knocking or, or slapping around in there. So there, basically at that point, they told us there's zero chance that this motor expires. It's just going to run on seven for the rest of the day. So for 200 more laps, we rode, cruised at 150 miles an hour out for a Sunday afternoon drive uh, <laughs> while the rest of the field put on a race or whatever, if you want to call it a race uh, or a parade. Or yeah. But we just did laps for at way off pace for 200 laps. And it was, uh, it was excruciating. It was painful to watch, painful to be a part of. It sucks. Nobody's having fun. It is what it is. You can't control it mechanical failures happen uh it's nothing that the team or that roush yates engines could have like it just stuff happens yeah um but uh if it it seems that if it can happen it will happen to us like we're i think we're 32nd in points right now and you could not have you you could not have convinced me in a court of law that it was possible for us to be 32nd in points five races in without and we wouldn't be because it's not a pace thing it's not a team figuring it out thing it's a how much more bad luck can we get yeah um yeah. so uh, i mean it, it seems like when you when you have a car and Stuart haas obviously had speed and qualifying this week when you have a car that is is capable of contending for you know a top 10 top five a win whatever it is y'all have had mechanical issues this year and it it, it sucks but like that's not really stuff that's preventable you know what i mean yeah. like it's that's not a strategy call that's just mechanical stuff failing and that's that's yeah. motorsports man it sucks yep. sometimes but that's part that's, of it yeah i mean like the clash yeah. when when the fuel pump went bad like that's oh, god like there's nothing you can do about that you know no nope. um and then we've been in a couple of crashes none of which we yeah. started yeah. or had any like uh priest hasn't crashed himself like it no. he has not caused or made a mistake out there it's just wrong place wrong time three different times uh it just i <laughs> We've got that one 12th place finish at Phoenix. <laughs> and besides that, we've just had an atrocious start to the year. But we're bad luck. Everybody's everybody's heads up. We're optimistic. Like we're eventually the bad luck is going to stop. It it has to. It right. It is not possible for this kind of streak to continue. Um, not on a good car like y'all have. Not, yeah, not exactly. a, yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's good that we're as a team figuring out the car figuring out how to be a team together when it's bad so that later in the year when it matters more we'll be more prepared so maybe you know, one win like that's all one win yes that's it. and like, and guess what like we have martinsville in a couple of weeks circled on the calendar like yeah. it is it is circled several times in red i mean we we have a chance and richmond next week that's going to be a probably a good track for priest how's so, priest on dirt how's he done on the uh the bristol dirt i i I think he was relevant. I think he ran this race last year in a Rick Ware car. I'm not positive. Or he ran the truck race. He ran the truck race. Yeah, that's what it was. I remember Um, remember his name on dirt. Yeah, and he did fine. Um, I don't really know 
who knows with Bristol dirt. You just gotta, man. you just gotta <laughs> hang on to it. Like, um, you know, there's I'm no glad live a, they did that and B, it's still on there. Like, yeah, that that race is a lot of fun to watch. It is a blast. I don't envy y'all in the garage trying to work and and, and do all that, but um, I don't mind if I don't I don't mind being dirty. I like like I that doesn't bother me. I'll I'll do the dirty work so fans can be entertained. That doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, you're an entertainer, if not anything. I am. I am a circus monkey at its best. <laughs> we uh, we shift Dakota this weekend. That promises, hopefully, to be a lot more exciting than Atlanta was. Uh, every time, every time the NASCAR series goes to Coda, uh, it seems like it's always it's always at least entertaining. Uh, I don't know how good the racing is from a pure racing standpoint, uh, but it's certainly entertaining. Uh, turn one on the first lap or on any restart is just complete havoc. No matter if it's the Xfinity, the truck series or the NASCAR uh, cup series, it's just, it's pure, pure 100% chaos. And it's fantastic. Uh, NASCAR cup series has practice on Friday at two Oh five. And then the truck series practice at four 30 and the truck series is going to qualify right after that at five and then practice for the Xfinity series and qualifying on Friday at six 30 and seven Coda Coda is not lit. Is it? Uh, that is a great question. I don't think so. I don't think it is. It's never had a night race. No, I don't know. I don't know if it has lights. Maybe I assume it probably most road courses do because they do like SCCA events and stuff. They do like 24 hours of lemons and like there's a lot going on at racetracks when uh, when F1 and the cup cars aren't there. I assume it's probably got lights. I'll let you know tomorrow. I'll text you and let you know. Not yeah. that it'll be relevant Dude, for this podcast anymore, but send me as many pictures as you can from Coda, man. I am so stoked that you get to go out to Coda. Like that's that's like a bucket list. Any F one track, in my opinion, is a bucket list racetrack for me. And, yeah. And dude, y'all going out to Coda, like that's that's awesome. That's so cool. That's 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 really neat. Yeah, I'm excited. I Coda is not my favorite racetrack in America. Um, in fact, I've been very critical of it in the past, but I am excited to go there for the first time. What's your What's your favorite uh, What's your favorite road course or for just favorite track in America? Period. It's It's. I haven't seen Indianapolis yet. I expect it will be Indianapolis. It's Daytona. Uh, Daytona is just. I don't know the, the atmosphere. It's over it's Laguna different. Seca. Oh yeah, yeah. I like. Really? As my favorite road course in America is Road Atlanta. I and Watkins Glen is Watkins Glen and Road Atlanta are near perfect. Um yeah. Sebring has a lot of character. Sebring's There's good. several and a lot good, of history. Like, yeah, Laguna Sega has a lot of character. That corkscrew turn is iconic. But <laughs> Road Atlanta has and Watkins Glen have everything. Like elevation, they have fast shoots, long straightaway, like they have every they're perfect. They don't have gigantic runoff zones like Coda has. Coda is an F1 track, and while it's cool to have a European-style F1 track in America, uh, I think American road courses should be notoriously difficult to drive. Grass everywhere. The the paddock is the size of your backyard. Like mid-Ohio. Yes. In mid-Ohio, yeah. another great example. Uh, well-maintained track in the backwoods of middle of nowhere. Yep. Uh, the one in Alabama's like that too. Um, yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, I forget what that's called, but that that's sort of like Mid Ohio, like exactly what you're talking about, Road Atlanta esque. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. Yep. Uh, they I think had, um, 
I think Road, Road Atlanta is just perfect. From a spectator point, there's a perfect hill to watch on. They come down through the S's. Uh, it's just, it's perfect. Did you see the Aiden Millward video? Uh, this was maybe a year ago, talking about how Road Atlanta could was be an F1 track. Oh, no, I thought Road Atlanta was funded by drug money. Um, uh, they had that one, too. But yes. Yes, yeah. That's no, he, interesting. If you never, like... If you he never makes some interesting videos, dude. Yes, he does. Like the history of racing and stuff, like the uh, the brick turn in the one in Germany. Did you see that video? It, like it's it's like banked more than Bristol, uh, but it was made of brick, and it was like in the nineteen twenties or something when they were when they were having these. Uh, oh these yes, races yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yeah. It was that basically was... a wall of bricks, and yes. they. Yes, I yeah. have. It's like two I drag strips a... and a wall of brick. It's nuts. Yep, um, yep. But he he made one on Road Atlanta talking about how it's if if it was a little bit bigger um paddock wise and stuff and, and like certain runoff areas he was like it's it's the perfect f1 track he was like it's one of the it's one of the best purest tracks ever and this is a dude from england that lives in england that yeah. was that was talking about it so yeah I, yeah I, I i like that track i've been up there a couple times um but yeah coda's gonna be neat coda's coda's iconic so yeah i'm excited uh, you might see some interesting people there uh on saturday for the cup series Qualifying is at 11.30 on FS1. Uh, and then driver introductions for the Craftsman Truck Series, which nobody will want to miss. Uh, that's at 1 p.m. The Expel 225. I'm not sure what type of comp- company that is, but uh, the Truck Series starts at 1.30. And then the Xfinity Series, that will start at 5 o'clock in the Pit Boss 250 on Saturday. Then Sunday, the big boys get going in the Eco Park Automotive Grand Prix at 3.30. That's weird not to see the amount of miles they're going to run in the name of the race. Um, that's very odd. That doesn't happen much. Well, it's because uh, it's a road course, and it's uh, whatever the mileage is would add up to a really strange number. So, <laughs> 263.5. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Matt, who you got this weekend, man? Who who you liking out at, uh, at Road America? Or not Road America, uh, Coda. Uh, oh, Road America. I didn't even say that. I in forgot our about Road, Road America. Courses. Yeah. Dude, there's so many good ones. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. It's going to be, I think my money's on a cup guy. It's not going to be one of the ringers. It's not going to be Jimmy Johnson, I don't think. Not Maybe it is. Watch, watch it. Watch it be Jimmy Johnson. Watch him just go out there and dominate, like absolutely slay the field. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's going to be. I think AJ Allmendinger is probably your your Vegas favorite, if I had okay. to guess. Um, Ross Chastain, defending champion, will be up there. Those cars have been lightning quick this year, and so look for him to be in a good spot. Uh, man, we need a really good weekend. I, I'm not going to pick us. I'm not going to do that every week, but I, I just need a top 10. Like We need to be relevant for a day. Um, you know... What I'm super excited about that we did not mention yet on this podcast is that, and it's worth mentioning, this will be the first race. I saw this in a tweet. I knew this ahead of time, but I saw this in a tweet. Um, In November of 2016, that does not have a scheduled caution. Um, Oh, Remember, NASCAR got rid of the joke of a system that was, stage breaks at road courses we still have stage racing at road courses but they don't stop the race points are awarded on certain laps that's considered the stage and the race keeps on going 
that's the way they need to do it everywhere. I think that's the perfect compromise between people who like stage racing and want to, it, it incentivizes the race to matter at all points. It keeps it interesting and it does not slow down the action. Um, I, last year, the last couple of years, road course racing has turned into a joke, honestly, because you're either racing for stage points or you're racing for the win because you can short pit the stage end, stay on the lead lap, not get any stage points, but then you're up front after the people that get stage points have to pit. So if you're like Chase Briscoe, who's a really good road course racer, but needs all the playoff points they can get, those guys were basically forced last year to stay out and race for points because that, in the long run, mattered more. They needed the points more than they needed um, the wins because they already got a win at Phoenix. So they were trying to pad their playoff positioning, not win more races. And that's stupid. I think somebody with the talent of Chase Briscoe should be turned loose and not have anything else to worry about yeah, go other for than it. going out and winning the race. Yeah, um, Guys like Kimi Raikkonen, cause, and then you got like road course ringers who aren't racing for championship points. They don't care about stage points and stuff like that. Like those guys, Jensen Button's going out there to try to win the race on Sunday. Yeah. So who's who's Kimi racing for? Do you what what team is he racing track for? Trackhouse. Track. Oh man. Yeah. So he's going to be insanely fast. Yes. Wow. Like, uh, he had a good run going last year at Watkins Glen, um, before getting taken out by Kyle Busch. Boo! Somebody. I don't. Know. I can't remember. Somebody wrecked him. Um, but yeah, Kimi Raikkonen. That may be the most serious threat of the weekend, just with how fast the Trackhouse cars is. Yeah. That that organization won this race last year, so you got to know the notes he's looking at are absolutely top tier. Um, yeah, I, and I don't think Kimi's ever gotten into any automobile and not been successful racing it. Like, oh yeah, like that know. that dude is just he's a freaking human missile. Uh, could could still be an F one. He's not aged himself out of F one. He's just not gonna race for a team that can't win yeah. um and and that's evident this weekend he's racing for a team that can absolutely win i you know what i'm gonna take kimmy Raikkonen. that's gonna be my I dark like horse it. pick that's gonna be my my pick for the weekend i'm gonna go with kimmy Raikkonen. i think also look for jordan taylor uh driving the nine car for chase elliott if you don't know who jordan taylor is look up rodney sandstorm on twitter um Oh, you're doing it right now. We're doing yeah, this five time, folks. Rodney I, Sandstorm. Rodney Sandstorm. Yeah. Is that a uh, is that an exotic that, uh, Rod, just, Rodney Sandstorm? Sounds it like sounds a, sounds like Google yeah. Rodney Sandstorm. See if it pulls up. I don't know uh, if he has Twitter or should, should I should I pull up Rodney Sandstorm on my uh, work laptop? Is that is yeah? That's, safe? It's, it's fine. Uh, all right, I'm on a, I'm on Rodney Sandstorm's Instagram. Yes. Okay. President. Okay. Yep. Big Jeff Gordon fan, I, I got. He's got Dave Pond jacket. Kind of his, this is just his uh, his alter ego. Okay. This is Jordan Taylor, <laughs> who is <laughs> this this guy is driving Chase Elliott's car this weekend. The guy you're looking at right now <laughs> is driving. <laughs> if you don't follow this guy, you need to follow him on everything. He <laughs> is the amazing. Picture of him and Lewis Hamilton. Dude. He is my favorite person maybe in the world. Like we qualify our the qualifying order. I already saw the nine cars, like two cars in front of us. It's going to be hard for me not to be over there talking to Jordan Taylor. You want to talk about like wearing somebody out? Jordan Taylor is who I'm going to wear out uh, if I get the chance. 
Dude, this uh, guy is amazing. He is. He, yeah. is. he is a gift to motorsports. If you don't follow Rodney Sandstorm slash Jordan Taylor uh, on every social media outlet, do yourself a favor and get over there. His TikToks, his Instagram, I'm sure he's got shorts and whatever. This guy, he is an American hero. Um, and <laughs> he, fantastic. he is racing at Coda this weekend, so... He's right. Uh-huh. The video I'm watching now, he's on a ski do in cut-off yes. denim shorts, yeah. tennis shoes, and that DuPont jacket. That's that is his. That's the Rodney Sandstorm getup. And you'll see there will be. I'll send you a picture. I will guarantee I'll send you a picture. There will be fans dressed up as him, as Rodney Sandstorm, this weekend uh, at Coda. His that that look has become a thing. Uh, the pit vipers, the the '90s rainbow jacket. The cutoff shorts, jeans, the jorts, the straight out of Florida Gators fans jorts. This uh, guy's fantastic. He is. He is perfect. Oh uh, he is. He is perfect. Um, so I'm excited to to hopefully meet him and get to talk to him this weekend. I've followed him for years and years and years. Uh, he races the the Corvettes at Le Mans every year. Um, so yeah, this 24 IMSA wins. Yeah, say no. the guy's not a joke. He's no. won the 24 hours of Daytona several times. Like he has a very light, fun personality. He's a hell of a race car driver, which is the only way you can make that work. Because if you weren't winning in everything you got in, you could never have this kind of personality and get away with it. Because they'd say you're distracted and not taking it seriously. He, uh, he's actually never finished worse than fifth at Le Mans when he's finished. Uh, yeah. He has two DNF, but every other time it's. Fifth, fourth, second, first, third, and second. So yeah, this dude, yeah. Well, yeah, this Corvette, dude's no joke. Corvette doesn't go to Le Mans to play around. Uh, no. That's no. That's they take that. That's their pride. Like Corvette racing exists for Le Mans. So, um, it, it's cool story. Rodney Sandstorm slash Jordan Taylor. The, his name is Jordan Taylor for those who aren't aware. Rodney uh, Sandstorm. His alias is Rodney Sandstorm on on socials. Um, where he gets to be fun and lighthearted. Um, it's pretty, that's but pretty cool. Yeah. So oh. I'm excited. There's a lot of cool things going on this weekend at Coda. I'm excited. I fly out in about four hours. I still got to go pack and everything. So, um, yeah, you got uh, anything else? I'll give you my story, my story from the weekend. Um, and then if you got anything else, we'll. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Blaney, the guy I picked like every single okay. week in last year, uh, and never yeah. won a race. It's so, worked out um, for you so far. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna pick. Uh, we'll uh, we'll hit up F1 real quick, and then give me the weekend story. The F1 will be quick. It was okay. uh, per- Perez won from pole, dominated the entire time. Red Bull is gonna win probably every single race this year, as long as they don't DNF. Max Verstappen started 15th, uh, worked his way up the field with the greatest of ease, uh, and finished in second. So the championship is over. Uh, Max Verstappen or Sergio Perez will win it. Uh, the um, the constructors' championship is also over. It'll be Red Bull and um, uh, by a mile, by a mile, yeah, a mile, mile and a half. It'll be uh, it'll be Saudi Arabia track long, um, and then uh, and then Aust- uh, Aston Martin will be second because Ferrari's incompetent and Mercedes is still slow. Did you see the? report come out that Mercedes-Benz, the manufacturer, has told Mercedes F1 team that if they can't get their SH, you know what, together here pretty soon, that they are going to have to give their best motors to Aston Martin, whose contract, because they have a better shot at the championship. 
that Mercedes's money and focus will turn to Aston Martin from the Mercedes F1 team. Yep. Because that they that's their only chance that chance. Dude, that blew my mind. Like I, I saw that. I thought it was a joke on TikTok. Uh, because they had like Toto Wolf like storming through the paddock, and I was like, ah, that's a joke. And then I looked it up online, and yeah, it's legit. Like the yeah, the the team Mercedes Benz will not get priority engines from Mercedes if they can't start competing better. I don't blame them because Aston yeah. Martin has a great package there. Yes, I mean the, uh, Lance Stroll might win a Grand Prix this year. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. And yeah. and Fernando Alonso has a chance to win a championship. He's done it before. He knows what it takes. Um, so yeah, this weekend, the only thing that was kind of odd was like Red Bull was on the, on the radio to max and they're like, yeah, we want you to target a 33.0 lap. And they told him like 30 times. And the next thing you hear from, uh, from max was what's the fastest lap. And they're like, oh, the fastest lap is a 32.1, but we're not concerned about that yet. You know, we're not concerned about that. Max just responds. Well, I am. And then he sets the fastest lap. Love it. Love the determination from max, man. Imagine cutting a second off your lap time just because you want to. Like, I don't know know how they do that, you know, because you want to like that's that should not to take anything away from Max. But to me, that shows how far ahead the Red Bull is from the rest of the field right now, that they're running a conservative pace that no one can keep up with. And then they tell Max, like, just we just want to be careful, like, just take it easy. And and he goes and shaves a second off his lap time because he's mad, like it's that's wild it's to me. Uh, the closest the closest car on a long run on uh, in F one was like nine seconds behind the Red Bulls. Like it's yeah, it's just it's just absurd. They they're off this weekend, so uh, we get one weekend of a, of a break for for Red Bull uh, dominance, and then we start next weekend. I don't remember where they're at next weekend, but it's, hopefully I mean, it's somewhere I can watch a race because I Red haven't got. Bull, to see. Oh, it's it's in uh, they're on a, they're in Australia, uh, and the race will be at one a.m. Uh, Eastern Perfect. Standard Time. Yeah, I'll so, get up and watch it then. Yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll probably wake up, I'll probably go to sleep early Saturday night and wake up early and uh, and watch them. So that's yeah, the, uh, that's the F one. I'll be in Virginia. Ooh, that's, that's for lovers. Yeah, that's what I hear. What's, um, uh, what's your story you got this from this weekend, man? Okay, so uh, they, this is the most interesting thing that happened to me all weekend, and it didn't even involve racing. So <laughs> our team... Oh, I owe you an apology, Bryce. First of all, I don't know if my memory was wrong or something changed in between the last time I flew to the Atlanta Motor Speedway with the team, uh, which was 2019, pre-COVID. I told you that we do not land at Hartsfield Jackson. We had this conversation. I distinctly remember it uh, on the podcast. And that is incorrect information because we totally landed at Hartsfield Jackson. Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Now, we didn't like there's a private terminal there. Obviously, we didn't go. I didn't have to go through baggage claim and all that. It's not it's not the same. I got off the airport, walked through the building, got in my sweet ass minivan. um, Mr. Celebrity. (laughs) Uh, my minivan that had like nine miles on it brand i'm pretty sure they brought it from the factory to us um and uh so anyway we land at hartsfield jackson and get off the plane in the private terminal section and the private jet parked right next to us um the tail panel has the logo for one los angeles dodgers baseball team and i'm like why would the Dodgers team plane 
be in Atlanta because if you don't know, the Dodgers, while yes, are in spring training, are in the Cactus League and they play exclusively in Arizona. There is no travel during spring training outside of this. You're either in Florida or you're in Arizona and you don't leave those states. Uh, you play all the teams around. But in the middle of spring training, I could not figure out why the Los Angeles Dodgers team playing would be at Hartsfield-Jackson in Atlanta, Georgia. I found my answer. One of the guys at Stuart Haas Racing, who's been there for a long time, knows the equipment manager for the Dodgers. They do, he gets some race tickets, he's a big race fan. The Dodgers guy gets us baseball tickets anytime he can. Like it's a, it's a I scratch your back, you scratch mine right. deal. So he texts his guy with the Dodgers and said, yo, homie, why is your plane in Atlanta, Georgia? And he responds that, and I guess I don't know why I didn't put this together, but it makes total sense. Freddie Freeman was part of the World Baseball Classic in Miami. Right. Team Canada got eliminated. I guess Freddie got hurt. Yeah. Um, And Freddie left the team and came home to Atlanta. For those who don't know, I guess it reversed. When Freddie Freeman played for the Atlanta Braves, he would spend his off-seasons in California and live in Atlanta during the season. I guess since he has joined the Dodgers, he has reversed that process. So he lives in California during the season and lives in Georgia in his off season. <laughs> and, and his doctor, I guess he still uses the orthopedic surgeon uh, that he's used for since his, basically he became an adult. He's been in the Braves organization since he was what, 18. Since so he he's, probably, he's probably seen one doctor for the last 11 years or something. And um, uh, presumably he went to see, he was there to see that doctor and the Dodgers had sent their team plane to Atlanta to pick him up and return him to Arizona to rejoin the Dodgers for spring training. Uh, He had been medically cleared and all that. And uh, yeah, so he was headed back to California. So I missed meeting Freddie Freeman at the airport by chance by maybe no more than half an hour like at oh and I, freddie freeman was leaving georgia at the same time i was arriving and our planes were parked next to each other and i i don't know there's it's impossible to know how close we were to the chance encounter um but yeah i i almost missed i i just missed meeting freddie freeman in person um this weekend just by dumb luck like uh, just happened to be in the same place of the world at the same time. Um, <laughs> oh, what a coincidence, man. What yeah. a crazy, you know, turn of events to, yeah. to be in there with the, the Dodgers. Yeah, because I would have been super confused about that. That's, I was oh. like, I could not wrap my head around why the Dodgers plane was in Atlanta. It's not like <laughs> Are baseball season. bastards not trying to get another one of our players? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are they? Get out of here. Yeah. You're not get welcome here. You're not get getting Strider. Get out of here. And I, I'm upset with the tower for part, letting that plane park anywhere near. Like, if I'm that, we still hate that team. In case anybody's forgot, we're still yes. mad at Freddie. I will never, I will forgive Freddie someday. It ain't today. I wish I'd have seen him at the airport. I'd have shaken his hand, been very polite and professional, taking a picture with him, and then I would have let him have it. Go uh, Braves! I'd be like, hey, I need your ex agent's number because all the things I got to say to you, I'm about to say to him. Uh, <laughs> 
I will oh. forgive Freddie Freeman someday. It ain't today. They should have parked that plane. They shouldn't have let it off the taxiway. They should have made Freddie Freeman same walk. Same thing with like uh, Glavin and the Mets. Like you know when Glavin went to the Mets, you know I was pissed off, mad. That all was more guys. of a Braves. That was a Braves thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I was it a was, kid then. It was it uh, was like, Glavin. Glavin was the head of the MLB Players Association then. Yes, and I remember that. That he thought the set a good example for the Players Association that he needed to go to the team that offered him the most amount of money and the Mets, you know, offered him the most amount of money. And, you know, it's instead of staying in Atlanta and taking a, giving a hometown discount, he went to the place that gave him the most amount of money. But hey, this, he's a Braves legend. Same with Freddie. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to like Freddie right now. No. He's still playing. I, he's still your enemy. And, and Glavin's redeemed himself. Freddie will get his chance. Bingo. Like, yeah. Glavin yeah. came back. Uh, did he, Glavin came back, right? Yeah, I remember came, him. He came back and played. Smoltz, yep. Smoltz no, is Smoltz the one. Came back. No, you know, he retired a Cardinal. And then Maddox retired uh, Padre or a Dodger? Padre, I think. I, I, I think Padre Smoltz, also. I, Smoltz, Smoltz was a Cardinal. Teams. Was yeah. Because he, yeah, he was I with think, the Red Sox? Did he yeah. go to the Orioles? I feel like he was with the Orioles. No, I don't think so. I no. think he was traded from the Red Sox to the Cardinals, and that's that he had nothing left in the tank at that point. Uh, he, had, he, he didn't have much left when he went to the, when he yeah. went to the <laughs> Red Sox. Uh, now, now I'm kind of curious because we're, we're going way off on a tangent, but that's what this podcast is all yeah, about. That was our racing tangent. podcast. If you want to yeah. stay tuned for part two with baseball, baseball hour with Bryce and Matt, uh, continue so to did, listen. He did just go from Boston to St. Louis. I thought it was way I more teams so. than that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I thought that if my memory was right on that one. So, yeah, he uh, uh, he had a he had a beautiful 8.3 ERA with yeah. the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> And that he didn't. I don't think he made it a whole season there. I think they traded him. Like, I think they signed him and they, they traded him before the trade deadline that year. Yep. Um, he had. It was, he a, it was a rough go of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt, his John Smoltz's last season was 2009. Yeah, we're getting old, Bryce. Holy smokes! That's all. That was a long. Wow. 2009. That's. Yeah, I mean, that and was now three he years before my oldest kid was born. Now he refuses to shut up on a baseball broadcast. Uh, yeah, Smoltz was my favorite player growing up. I'm a huge Smoltz fan. Still love Smoltz. My absolute idol when I was a little kid. Love Smoltz. Still love Smoltz. He's a terrible broadcaster. I don't like him. See, man. I don't think he's terrible because he brings a lot of knowledge. He's very smart. Like he he explains the game well. He just does not stop talking. He oh, will t- from the moment the broadcast does their cold open. He is talking. I, I wonder when they send it to the next program if he's still in the booth t- telling us about race. <laughs> uh, to like, be fair, people say that about me too when I do broadcasts. They're like, would you shut up? Like, okay, you know, well, that, just tell them your idol's John Smoltz. Yeah. There you go. Problem I'm solved. Problem solved. Solved. Sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> oh, You got anything else for us this week, man? No, I got to go pack and put some laundry away. I got a, a list of chores I got to get done in the next three hours, so... Get that honey-do list ready. Get it going. Get it completed before you fly out to Kota, man. That's what I, tr- I try to do. I try to be a good enough husband that Jess can get home and not, like, she has to take care of groceries, but I try to handle everything that needs done over the weekend uh, before I leave and then when I come back. So how, she, how do I hire you to come down here to my house then? How's that work? Dude? You have to pay more than Stuart Haas Racing. Well, I don't know. You know, I can. Uh, how about how about five bucks an hour? Well, and then you have to get Jess's salary too, because Jess can't makes the. If, for <laughs> those who don't cover, know, I can't cover her salary. Yeah, Jess is the breadwinner of my family. She has a real job and makes absolute ridiculous money. Um, <laughs> and so I can play with race cars on the weekend. And you tell her just wait until this podcast gets big. <laughs> that's 
she would love that because if the, uh, this podcast goes huge that we're the next pat mcafee show for racing then uh, <laughs> uh, uh then i don't have to work anymore so we we changed the podcast name to busting rubbers i mean that's what uh that's because oh, you're because you're a tire guy that's, i am a tire guy yeah you're yeah. A tire, so that's what i was talking about guys come on jeez uh for matt ridgeway i am bryce farling we will see you guys next week same time same place <laughs>